the control room. You know, I gotta, I gotta say thank you first and foremost for coming on this podcast, man. You know, anything I ever do, you always support, and I really appreciate that. I had Germ on the first episode of the Arsenal Sessions where Germ and I cooked up for the very first time and fire. made some crazy fire. Fire. Oh, we was in the zone. We was zoning, man. We was in the zone. You know what I'm saying? Cooked up some fire, made some, uh, some crazy, crazy shit, but... um. Germ is back, and um, on this time around, I actually want to get more in a conversation with you and get more in depth on um, your musical journey, bro. You know what I'm saying? Like, I wanna, I wanna know your story. Okay. The first time around, we showed people like what our talents could showcase. You know what I'm saying? Now I want to know more about you and like how we got to the point that you and I came together to create. You know? Okay. okay. Um. So let's start in the beginning. You know, way back when, like, how'd you get into music? How did you start making beats? Um, around what age did you start doing this? Okay, I was probably about uh, I want to say I was probably like sixteen, probably even earlier than that. But a lot of my homies in my hood was was making beats and and rapping and shit like that. So I actually started off as a rapper. Oh yeah, yeah. So well, funny we have that in common because I did too. You yeah, know, I think that's yeah. how everybody pretty much starts off in music. Kinda. Is like. You kind of figure out like, yo, I could write a rhyme too. Facts. You know, I like this, uh, this beat, whatever. That's how you know you figure out your lane. But go ahead, continue. Yeah. So, um, I was rapping and shit like that, and then my boy, my boy Pnam, a good boy, good friend of mine, he had given me um, FL Studio. So I was making beats or whatever, and me and him, we had a company called me, him, and my boy Keith. We had a company called LunchboxBeats.com. Lunchbox Beats. Um, and then um, Doe had, my cousin Doe, Doe Pesci, he had found out that I was making beats because I'd be running around playing playing him some joints here and there. And he was just like, nah, like, you got something. We just got to groom it. You know what I'm saying? So he took me under the wing and then and then just started showing me little shit here and there. I'd see different shit from Penan. You know, my man Dad Beats. To pick up little tricks and shit like that. And then just... It just grew, you know what I mean? And yeah. then at some point, it kind of just shifted from going from rapping into producing more. Yeah. I just had a little bit more of a love for that, you know what Did I mean? you, because the reason I started making beats is because nobody was giving me beats. So I was like, fuck it, I got to make these on my own. Yeah. And that kind of transitioned me into falling more in love with like, you know, showcasing feeling through instrumental rather than saying it through lyrics. Yeah. Did you have like a similar story in that aspect where it's like you didn't really, you couldn't get beats like that, so you started making your own shit? I kind of had this, uh, I want to say a problem, but like this adjustment problem where I couldn't, I couldn't write to my own shit. Mm. So I ended up wanting to make joints for my boys. Got you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it was just like, anytime that they played me something, I'd be like, oh, I know what could be said on this. I know exactly how to flow in it. But on my joints, it was just, it wasn't there yet. Yeah. You know, I think it was just because I was in the period of trying to find my sound. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they heard something that I wasn't hearing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it kind of just, like I said, it was one of those things where I just wanted to cater to them more than trying to me be on the records, you know what I mean? Yeah, that's fire. Um, all right, cool, man. Let's uh let's fast forward a little bit. I wanna know more about like how SOI started. Um, okay. SOI is your your production yeah, company. Yeah, production company. 
um, spread of infection. So um, take me to like the beginning days of how like SOI formed and, um, you know, the pinnacle of SOI and where you at right now as a producer. So me and Doe, me and Doe were running around uh, taking care of Tony Yayo, right? We were taking care of Yayo's recording and production and all that. And then we had also made our way to Banks. And Banks had sat me and not that he sat us down, but we were we were probably in the midst of making music and it just a conversation started and he was just like, yo, y'all niggas need to have a tag for y'all shit. Mm. So um I found this audio loop where I was searching something that like related to germs and washing your hands and shit like that. And that's where I ended up getting my tag from spread of infection germ. Right. right. Most people don't even know that that's what it says, but yes, that's what it says. Spread of infection germ. Fire. Right. So, um, I was running with that for a little while. And then, you know, I always had this idea of creating this super group of producers on some Wu Tang shit. Right. You know what I mean? So I had, it was me and Doe. Then we brought Bombay into the loop. Uh, Bombay wanted to produce. He didn't. Um, he didn't get there yet. You know what I mean. So he was focused on the engineering aspect. Yeah. And then at somewhere around, I want to say, Cold Corner Two or leading into V Six, I had reached out to Butcher to be a part of SOI because me and Butcher had already had a relationship, and we had linked a couple times that he had came to the states. And um, that's pretty much where everything just started forming and creating like this Voltron. You know what I mean? Like that's you know it's crazy to think that like you had this idea early on that you wanted to create like this super group of like producers, engineers, and creatives. Like that's almost like with the Hitman. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Like, Absolutely. Early on, um, he just was like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna bring a bunch of producers, a bunch of musicians together, and we're gonna create all these records." So yeah, it's crazy that you had that mindset. You know, similar to that. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, let's get into the days of uh, Sweet 105 that we're actually currently in right now. Okay. Um, this used to be f- formerly known as SOI Studios. It's now Studio 91. Take me on the journey of when this room was SOI Studios. For anybody that's never stepped foot in here, luckily I was able to step foot in here a couple times back when it was SOI. So mm-hmm. I felt the vibe, I felt the energy. But describe to the people what that vibe was like to somebody that may not have ever stepped foot in here. Well, prior to it even being SOI Studios, it was Lunchbox Beat Studios. Oh, okay. So, so I, this is where that, that has started. So prior to me getting the room, let's say I didn't have... Before it was SOI Studios, there was a time period, I want to say maybe three years that I wasn't in here. And then I was, before that, I was in here with PNAM. My boy that I had mentioned before, uh, we had our com- we had our company Lunchbox Beats, and um, we're the ones that actually hang these hung these uh, red curtains. So they've been the in infamous here. red curtains. So they've been in here for years. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, now nah, this room has a has a lot of history, a lot of history, a lot of personal history, and a lot of music history. You know what I mean? Yeah, um, definitely. A lot of early German. A lot of early Banks beats were made in this room. Uh, Fly in the Wind was made in this room. That's fire. Literally made that beat in 10 minutes. Waiting for Bombay to come to the studio. 
he's actually the one who was uh, kind of like, yo, this beat is fire. Because I was like shrugging it off. Like, eh, I just made this shit like waiting for you yeah. to pull up. He's Sometimes like, you need crazy. that validation. So um, so I ended up sending it off to Banksy. He ended up doing it. Whatever. So fast forward, we go to SOI. We come to SOI Studios. I get the room back. And um, Wait, so there was a period between um, the first situation and SOI Studios that you didn't have the room? Yeah, because me and PNAM... Um, ended up getting rid of it just for a time period. Just a lot was going on personally right. on in PNAM's life and my life and stuff like right. that. So we had to take a little break. And some dude was actually in here. He was a producer and he had a crazy setup. I'm not gonna even yeah. hold you. Yeah, he this whole shit the way that you have it set up was yeah. all equipment and it was like different type of shit. Yeah, yeah, different. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he wow, had yeah, the yeah. work. I know some of the rooms in here are crazy. Yeah, so he had the works. He had a good setup and everything. And then um, I came back. And then uh, I found out that some rooms were available, and then it ended up being the same room. So I was just like, I was already in here. I know exactly what the sound is. Yep. I'm taking it. No yep. questions asked. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, like a lot, of, a lot of people have come through here, man. Um, who've come through here? Prodigy's come through here. Dave East has come peace. through here. Yep. Rest in peace. Um, I wasn't Kyrie here for Chanel the... Kyrie was created in here. Kyrie Chanel was... Hate Me Now was created in here. Um, I wasn't here for this particular session, but um, uh, 808, 808 Mafia, mm-hmm. he was here cooking up with dough. Um, who else has come here? Uh, G Herbo. G Herbo has been in here. Buddha, Buddha and Grants have been cooking out of here. Yep. Um, Butcher. Butcher has definitely been in here. V-Don has been in here. Uh, damn! I know there's way more people that have been. No, it's a fact because this place used to always be crowded and packed with people, yeah. always cooking up creatively. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, man, that's fire, bro. So, all right, um, let's get more in depth as far as like the sessions that you used to take out of this room. Mm-hmm. Um, like how were the sessions like? Um, you know, you say you worked with East in this room a lot. Like, yeah. what were those sessions early on like? Um, and how did you? start forming these vibe with the artists that you were working with to create, like, the environment uh, which this room was? Um, you know, I I ultimately like to give the artists their room to be them. You know what I mean? Because, like I said before, I started off as an artist. Yeah. So I know what it takes to be comfortable. You know what I mean? And yeah. also when I'm producing, like, if I'm in my zone, like... I there's there's no reason why anything should be taking me away from that tone, and ultimately the aura of the room, everything just needs to feel like it's home. Did you start engineering for these artists because they they were on your beats, or was it because um you were just like the engineer that was available for the time? So is that how you started getting more into like the engineering aspect? The the, the engineering thing kind of just happened because because of uh. Doe just throwing me into the fire. Just into the sessions. Yeah, like he just dude, like, yeah. yo, my nigga, like, learn how to do this. And and prior to me even having this room, even before Lunchbox Beats, I was working out of a studio that was very well known in Queens, Fire and Ice Studios. Shout out to my nigga Bundy Crumb. Shout out to my nigga Ruth Spitz. Um, and I used to record Nicki Minaj. Wow. Um, we had Stack Bundles coming through. Yeah, rest in peace, R- wow. Yeah, R.I.P. to Maserati Fox. Crazy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Fox was coming through. Legendary. Legendary. Queen shit. The legendary queen shit. SAS from the Dipset Days. All everybody Fire. used to be coming through. Everybody used to be coming through. So um 
So you were already like by the fast forward to these points, you were already equipped for yeah, like, yeah engineering yeah. sessions. Yeah, I had my experience already. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then at at the same time, I was also working with Banks, going to his crib, recording him. You okay, know what I mean? You, so yeah. So you know what I mean? Like Was it something you like doing? Or did you just do it because you were like fucking? A little bit of both. Okay. A little bit yeah. of both. I figured I figured it was one of those things that allowed me to have another lane and and I don't want to say control. That's not the word that I'm looking for, but let's just say control of the music. Yeah. To where it's just like, all right, cool. I'm really trying to be on some Quincy shit out here. Like I don't yeah. I don't care to really be making beats. I don't care to be a beat maker. Like I am yeah, I am legit a producer in yeah, every facts. aspect. You Talk know what I mean? It. Yeah. So I'm all about building these records and making everything a moment. Mm-hmm. You know, the thing about the thing about an idea that makes an idea dope is when it becomes a moment. If it's just an idea, ideas come and go. Yep. You know what I'm saying? The moment that the moment that it becomes a moment is that's when it's special. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that's what I aim to do in every aspect of the creation process, whether it's the beat, whether it's engineering, whether it's um referencing some shit, you know what I mean? Like yeah. I just try to create moments in every way. You know, it's crazy that you mentioned that because I feel the exact same way, bro. Like in the beginning, I hated engineering. Like mm-hmm. I went to school for audio engineering and shit. I went to school for engineering thinking that I was gonna engineer in a studio and then have them like play my beats and yeah. get them placed. That yeah. was my goal. Like mm-hmm. that was the only reason I went to school. I was like, yo, I gotta get my beats placed, but I gotta be in the sessions. Yeah, you gotta find a way in. Yeah. But you know, I end up actually falling in love with it years later because of the same reason. Like you mentioned like Quincy Jones and being part of the records. Like I feel like that way too. I feel like more than like creating a sound, I've mm-hmm. created a sonic. Yeah. You know of course, what I'm saying? Of course, of course. And like even on certain records that I may not have produced, but mm-hmm. if I mix those records, you could definitely tell this my feeling into those records. Absolutely. So I feel like being a producer, engineer, you're able to spread yourself way further than you would if you were just one or the other. Yeah. Um, So actually, I want to talk now about like the struggle of producing Mm -hmm. while engineering because engineering is so time consuming sometimes. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you get uninspired because you're working on so many records that Mm -hmm. it's like, how do you find the inspiration to like be creative when you're you have downtime when you just want to chill? Mm-hmm. So did you ever have moments where it was like you had beat block and you couldn't like cook up for weeks because you were like doing so many sessions? And then how did you get over that? Um, I don't think I ever ran into the problem of having beat block because I'm running too many sessions. But I would say that running too many sessions um didn't allow me to tend to the beat making you know what I mean so you know when you got a spot like this and you got to worry about bills or if you're trying to worry about getting your name up and you're not working with too many artists but you're on the engineering tip you know what I mean like you can be doing a lot when you're not doing enough Yeah, you know what I'm saying so um, I think that you just got to find a balance with that you know what I mean like Never, you never want to be given too much to anything that isn't your passion. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean? definitely. Yeah, I feel you. All right, um, let me ask you this question now. So, I know that like teamwork in music is huge. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? Um, and if anybody doesn't think that teamwork is a big part of music, they're just ignorant to the fact of how music is actually made. Teamwork made the dream work. Um, so I want to get into how. 
this room formed like Voltron. Like, what was that music like coming out of this room? Because you you guys used to have like Friday night cook up sessions and shit, where it was mm-hmm. like these me- mega sessions, and then there'd be artists just flowing through here, and then mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying. Everybody's just making music and shit. So, um, how were how were those sessions arranged? Was it just like you guys were here and you just called up people or whatever, and people just came through? I mean, it, it could have been anything. It could have just me being in here cooking up and then just like, yo, I made some fire pull up. Or me call Buddha, me call Butcher and like, yo, let's get in here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, um, I don't know, man. Like, it, there was never a set way to do things. You yeah, know what yeah, I mean? Definitely. There never is. But, um, Definitely a lot of a lot of history and a lot of your favorite records have been made through here. Well, the reason I asked is because it felt really organized. You know what I'm saying? It didn't feel like it was like the homies were just chilling out. I'm I'm sure people were here hanging out. Oh, but this it was, was definitely not a hangout spot. Yeah, or at least I tried like not to would, make it a hangout. There spot. was work getting done here. You know what Absolutely. I'm saying? So that's I'm I'm more curious of how you guys were able to like make so much product coming oh, out of here. Like my this favorite, was a machine. My favorite word, order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Talk. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. at the end of the day, like if you don't have order, then then what the fuck do you have? Yeah, it's true. I don't know if we meant to curse. Nah, nah, we've been cursing. Fuck nah, it. Yeah. Yeah, so, yeah, um, nah, we good. So, you know, you got to... When Buddha was in here with Grands, like they had their days. I had my days. I had Chist in here. I had Davies in here. Jazzy was in here. Yeah. Um... You know, like, everybody just needed to have their time because at the end of the day, if everybody's just trying to get in here or everybody's just trying to be in here at the same time, it's too much energy. Yeah, yeah, it's true. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Like, nothing and, get there's, done. and there's nothing wrong with a lot of energy, but at the same time, everybody's got to have their space. Yeah. Everybody's yeah. got to feel comfortable. Yeah, you know definitely. what I mean? Yeah. Like, you never want to... If I'm cooking in here, I don't need 12, 12 people in the room. Yeah, you just want who you want around. You know exactly. Yeah. You know, most of but, the time, I'm trying to be in here dolo. I feel you. I'm the same way. But you know other mean? people cook up different where they have like mad people in here. Some people they, need they energy. Drinking and, you know what I'm saying? And, you know what I mean? And it's similar to sessions too. Like I have artists sometimes that come in here and they come in here by themselves, just me and them. Or I have, a, you know, artists that want to bring people. And sometimes it's good, sometimes it's bad because maybe the artist doesn't get that much done that day because they're so focused on what's going on. Absolutely. But, you know... Um, How many people you think fit in this room? Oh, my God. I can't even imagine. I know I know, y'all damn sure had way more people than I've ever had in this room because I, I limit. <laughs> I run a tight ship around here. Uh, Listen, yeah, I don't this, room, this room has been insane. I in, could imagine. Yeah. Insane. Imagine all the bodies, all the smoke, all the liquor. Yeah. It's been nasty in here. <laughs> it's, been, it's been nasty in here. The shit, the shit would be so crazy that the AC would be on and it'd feel like be, it'd be blowing hot air. Yeah, that's true. It was really hot in here. I remember that shit, and it was dark. And it was, it was dark. dark. It was, it was dungeon, moody yeah. than a motherfucker. I always keep the lights low. Yeah. Pause. No, no, no. Um, yo, let's talk about some bank stuff, man. Like, okay. what is it like working with banks? What is it like working with Yayo? Like, how did you get um, involved with them to begin with? Like, how did that come about? Is that the same situation with you recording Nicki Minaj and them? Is that how you met through that circle? Uh, yeah. All, um, ultimately, what ended up happening was um, we were working out of Fire and Ice Studios. Doe was working with Mozzie, or Peter Fox again, once again. Um, and Fox had the situation with Fifth. So, you, 
Fox had the situation with Fifth, and then we was running around, and then Yale obviously popped up, and he was like, yo, he need an engineer. Doe was taking on that. So I ended up having a record before Doe even had a record on, on G-Unit. Um, that's the joint with uh with Max B and French Montana, Gang Life. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Doe was responsible for a lot of the a lot of those moves as well because he pulled me in like he had the situation I'd go drive him up there we go chill with Yayo yeah make a couple records do what we do and then and it was made up to up. you to get yourself and like he brought you to the door but then you had to Listen, make your way into the room you know after battles yeah. being there yep you know you know the quote nah, you know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, it ain't even tested. a quote like it's really you got to yeah. put in pain yeah, yeah you know what I mean like when we made our way to banks. I was bringing dough to sessions and chilling in there for eight months to a year before I even gave Banks a beat. Really? Facts. Just because I needed to be there. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're not just going to come into these circles and just be given a pass like that. Nah, like, you 100%. Have to, you have to show face and, yep. and people got to get to get to know you. you yeah, know what I'm and, and people got to trust you. People got to know that, you know, you're a cool enough person and you're genuine. Like, nobody just wants to float around. Of course. I don't course. care if somebody makes great music. If I don't like that person, I don't want them around me. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. so, um, yeah, I mean, you and Banks, you guys over the years have crafted, like, an amazing sound together. Mm-hmm. Um, thank you, thank you. You know, hopefully we get some new music in the future from you guys. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. Nah, I know. I definitely know you are. So, um, let's talk about like more in depth in the sessions, right? Like the worst session you've ever had, and the reason that it was the worst session you ever had. Maybe it was like you were fucking up so much, and like, you know, uh, it was just a bad vibe. Maybe you just didn't connect that day. Maybe you were sick. You know what I'm saying? So think about it. Let me know the worst session you ever had in your life. I'll give you two sessions, and I'm not going to mention any No, you names. don't have to mention no names. I just want to know specifically why they were bad. Um, One session, the artist was just drunk out of their mind, and it was just <laughs> niggas, niggas puking left and right, <laughs> and I'm just like, yo, this is not what I'm here for. You get what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, no, I feel you. That's... But under, <laughs> under, yeah, 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 that's probably... As far as me dealing with the artist, yeah, that's probably the worst. Now, on the flip, when it came to me, um, I think that one of the sessions, one session that I had, I went to this this artist's crib, and um, I didn't really feel like I was under pressure because this person was very well known. Um, I didn't feel like I was under pressure, and I didn't feel nervous to record them in general because I felt like. I know my shit, but you when you when you start dealing with artists that are on a different level and you've never worked with them before, yeah, you want to make sure that the chemistry right. You 100%. don't want to make it. You don't want to make it seem like you don't know your shit. Oh, you yeah. know what I mean? So it's an added stress. Yeah, it definitely it, is yeah. an added stress. So um, I ended up going to that artist crib and they had me working with an artist that they had. So. And it was a singer. So recording a singer is a whole different thing than recording a rapper. Yeah, Let's definitely. not get it twisted. Yeah, rapping's easy, man. You hit that two-track, you good. Yeah. You know, singing, you, you got yeah. to get them notes, some fine-tuning. Yeah, yeah, you got to do all that. Yeah. So luckily, the artist understood that, you know, it was my first time. So, you know, and and on top of that, the main engineer that was there wasn't able to be there. That's why I filled in. Um, so 
in the beginning of the session, he had pulled up and was showing me all these little tricks. And I'm like, yo, my nigga, I don't even do all that. So, yeah. like, but he's like, but that's the way that we record. So that's the way you got to do it. Yeah. So I had that type of pressure on me. But luckily, you know, I got through it. And then once we finished that, we was just chilling. And then the other main, the big artists came back in the room and then they wanted to do their thing and they got on the rap tip. And then uh, he was like, Oh no! Now you back in your zone. So now we Gucci, and then that's that session was smooth, and there was good energy from there. Yeah, you know what I mean. But it was but, just that first stumble. Of yeah, like, you know, it's just that, just the beginning, just working, finding your way through it. You yeah. know what I mean? I think a lot of it too is you're out of your element. You of know course, what I'm of course, like, it ain't your setup. It ain't your setup. You you got to figure out how things are routed. Absolutely. You know, um, and then Absolutely. sometimes a lot of it too, like when I'm recording and stuff, I got to learn the room while I'm recording. Mm-hmm. In the room for the first time, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't know how the acoustics are in the room. I don't know if I'm getting a good take or not, you know. So um, I definitely feel you on the, you know, those first jitters. Um, now let's flip the switch a little bit. Let's talk about maybe a session that you had or a moment that you had mm-hmm. that was like a oh shit moment. Like yo, like some of my dreams are starting to come true, and like this is like I can't believe I'm at the point where I've wanted to be for so long. On the engineering aspect? Oh, it doesn't matter. Producer, engineering, just a um, moment that you had where you was like, damn, yo, like, I'm I think, there. Nah, I, I think, not even, I think I know the moment that that I had something like that was when I heard Fly in the Wind for the first time mix and mastered because I knew that it was special. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, I mean, that was my first major joint with a feature, if I if I'm correct, I'm pretty sure. Like aside from Banks, me and Banks probably had like two records already or three records. So then he he had Jim Jones on it, and then I was just like, aside from this being a a, a fire track, it's a monumental moment because realistically speaking, that was the second the second joint that G Unit and Dipset collaborated on because yep. the first joint was Beam with Benz and Bentley. Which I should have a plaque for, because I recorded a verse for that. But you know, I got is. moments like that too, man. I got a, I got a Jeremiah record flowing out there that uh, I should have something for too. But yeah, man, you gotta make you sure know. you credit right. Yeah, man. but Wait, um, we learn. You know nah, what I'm saying? Yeah, it's learn. part, of, it's part of the process. Yeah, you, you gotta get burned. Yeah, nah, it's so it's good. Fact. So, you know, once I took all that information and in, it was just like, yo, this is a, this is a big moment. You know what I mean? And then. I don't think I had that same moment when uh, when it got played on radio. Not to say I was cocky, but it was just like, all right, cool. Like, we're yeah. here, so this is what I do, you obviously. Already, you already had that moment when you yeah. heard it. So I was like, this is supposed to happen. Yeah. You know what yeah, I'm saying? I, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like The confidence came out. Yeah, the, def- yeah, the confidence so. definitely came out. And um, yeah, man. like It was a great moment. It's a great moment in time. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's fire, man. Um. Let's talk about the importance of like sticking up for yourself in a session because I feel like oftentimes, like especially engineers that aren't experienced um, with running certain sessions, especially with certain artists. Like, let's mm-hmm. not forget the the industry that we in and where th- these artists come from. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you have to be able to have thick skin. You have to be able to stand up for yourself. So mm-hmm. let's talk about the importance of that and like, um, you know, just just making sure you run a session where you're respected in the session. Yeah, well, I think I think what people got to realize also is where engineers fit on the totem pole. You get what I mean? Like yeah. 
they're pretty much the bottom. Yeah. Not to shit on engineers. No, nah, often obviously, left at the bottom. That's and what I mean. paid at the bottom. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm an engineer myself, so I would never shit on, on my, that's fellow, a fact. my fellow producers. I mean, fellow engineers. But um, that's the way that we get treated. You know what I mean? Whether it's the artist, whether it's entourage and shit like that. So, you know, I've been in situations where you got to stick up. You know what I mean? So I remember there was a, there was a particular artist that I was working with. And uh, I got called to this studio, not my studio, so I don't know the setup. Yeah. Um, my first time working with the artist. Another unfamiliar situation that you get yourself into. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. So then, um, you know, things start happening. You got to find a way to start fixing them. And if you don't know the room, you don't know the equipment, or at least how it's running and how everything's patched in through everything, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? What the signal flow is, then... You just got to figure it out. And I just remember being in a moment where my nigga was just complaining. It was just like, yo, this don't sound the way that it usually sounds. Yeah. So, you know, I had to legit just stop the session. Like, yo, my nigga, like, we could either finish this and get through it. Yeah. And then have your people come through and and mix it up. Mm -hmm. Or we could just call it off because I'm not here for this. Yep. You get what I'm saying? So you have to be able to... To, to stick up for yourself because at the end of the day people start just walking over you you know what I mean yeah. and, and that's there's no reason to go through that because at the end of the day producers and engineers are the, the the blank canvas the foundation the foundation of everything you know what I mean yep. so we're the ones that create the sound yeah we're like yeah. At the, like I know me and Buddha, uh, I probably I probably got this from Buddha, but at the end of the day, there's no album to my knowledge that has been sold or has been gone platinum that is an acapella. No album, not even the Black Album acapella. Because uh, that's the yeah. only album that you could probably argue. Yeah, but no. has numbers. Is and the, the reason you like it is because you already heard the beats for, on it before, exactly. so you already know the bounce of it. Exactly. So, no. So. At the end of the day, there needs to be more respect for your producers and your engineers because we create the sound that you love. Yeah. You know what I mean? You know, I just think it's funny because, you know, sometimes I I see it too. Like a lot of engineers, they're not, they want to get into rap music, but they're not of the lifestyle, you know? So absolutely they don't know how to handle it. You know, luckily Mm -hmm. for us, we, you know, we come from New York, so Mm -hmm. we kind of, we're kind of built for that in a yeah. sense, you know what I'm saying? Where we can stand up for ourselves. I've literally seen like interns crying out of sessions, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like break having breakdowns. And it doesn't have to be that way because, you know, ultimately you're just there for one, you know, one to make one picture, you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Like the artist is there to make the music, the engineer just wants to do the best job that they can. And when you create a hostile environment, it doesn't make it conducive for anybody to get any work done. Bro, at the end... Uh, uh... I'm not putting that aside or anything that you're saying because that's absolutely right. But it also there's also an aspect where it's just like, be grateful. Yeah. Be grateful because at the end of the day, if if you walk into this session, whether we started the session or not, if you give me a certain type of energy that I don't agree with, oh my nigga, I'll stop it. All right, cool. My nigga, record yourself. Yeah. Yeah, what you gonna do now? What you gonna do? Yeah, you don't know how to fuck this auto tune up. You don't know how to EQ shit. You don't know how to compress shit. So like, yo, don't think that this is only you. Yeah, yes, it is a part of 
it, a part of it is you and you do what you do and you are great in it. But don't get it twisted, my nigga. We make the sound we, that everybody loves. Because if you give somebody a raw version of a of a of a session, you're not gonna love that record. Or at least the people are not gonna love it the same. Yeah, I think um a lot of the artists that do you know, give that fuss and, you know, are the problem are, are like newer artists that are not comfortable with their sound because uh, I've had like established artists that I've engineered for and they come in like, yo, I just want you to record me today mm-hmm. and you're going to send these files to my engineer. Fair. I don't want you to mix this at all. Like they already know what they want. They just like, yo, I just need recording. Just make sure it's clean. Yeah. So if you're more of established artist, you're coming in that that sense rather than you just showing up to the studio working with whatever engineer they got for the day. So you know, I think there needs to be a sense of humility in that too, because it's like, yo, if you so, you know, on your sound like that, why don't you have your go-to person where I could just record this and we could just send it to that person? Absolutely. Like, nah, you need me. You need me here, so let's get this done together. Absolutely. So, Absolutely. yeah, man. Um, It's just another type of situation where, you know, sometimes when there's a lot of bodies in the room and, you know, some some engineers will just sit through it. Yeah, you know what I mean, like people yeah. making noise, uh, you know, talking. That's not over controlling shit. the session. Yeah, and, you know, at the, like, again, like people start looking at engineers, like my nigga, like you just an engineer, and and sometimes we be the nerdy niggas, sometimes we, we be, not. but it's, but we not, even though we just seem to be that way. What year you started engineering? Oh, Jesus. I'm just asking you because it's leading up to another question I have. Um, I can't remember the year because I can't okay. do the math right, right. now. But okay. um, let's say say I was 16, so over, I don't know, 12 years ago, 15 years ago, whatever it okay. is. All right, so you and I started engineering around the same time. That's what I'm getting at, okay. right? We started yeah. engineering around the same time. Okay. And I think when we were coming up, uh-huh. there wasn't engineers that looked like the like us, you know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. we looking at Bruce Swedine and we looking at like uh, you know, primarily white guys that are in this industry. We're not looking at engineering as like this profession that I could be a part of. And I think once we started getting in the field, that's when it started getting more diverse. That you start seeing people like mixed by Ali, yeah, and you know you start seeing all these other engineers that look more like us. Mm-hmm. So I think it was kind of like a culture shift too, because I remember early on. You know, the disrespectful sessions used to happen way more often where, like, I don't ever have, I don't think I have a session that comes in here on some disrespectful shit, you know what I'm saying? Because I don't think we on that vibe anymore. I think, I think it's changed as far as the perception. Like, people come in here and they see me and they see the way that I carry myself and the energy that comes off and it's like... You set the tone, bro. Yeah, so let's talk more about, like, you know, plans for the future. What are you getting into right now? Um... I know you and I, we're definitely going to be cooking up more in the future. Absolutely, um, absolutely. Yeah. So um, let's talk more about that, future goals, like what you want to do, where you see your music going. Um, I definitely want to just be bringing more and more talent to the game and producing and executive producing these albums. Um, You know, getting more placements. And, uh, you know, I'm not doing too much engineering these days, but... You know, when I need to or if I'm fully invested in a project, then that's when I when I dip and dabble back into that world. But, you know, it's really just, just creating these records and bringing my sound to the game because, you know what I mean? At the end of the day, New York has a sound um, and I'm part of that world. But at, 
at the end of the day, I know how my shit is different. Yeah. I know how it separates. You know what I mean? Like I have a different a feel. Like there's there's a different pull with my shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it strikes a different type of of emotional and card. You, you've worked on that. It's taking time to craft that. Absolutely, that, absolutely. You know? you know what I mean? Like it you have to find that. It's not one of these things that you just do. Yeah. You know what I mean? So before we get out, right, I got one final question. Okay, totally. And I need to know the story behind Don Pablo. I need Don to Pablo? Know, I need to know how the beat was placed. I need to know how the mixing process went. Like, okay. Because that's, that's an infamous record. So just give me the story of Don Pablo. So Don Pablo, if I remember correctly, started off with a sample Right, and um, I was going through, I was going through a couple, a couple beats at that time, trying to land something on the album. I might have had one or two that didn't make it, um, but I made that joint, and then I actually, I wasn't sure if East was going to fuck with it, so I played it, and he was like, "Nah, this is fire. I'm on this." Right, so he gets on it. Records done, we we feel like it's fire, right? Yeah. Mind you, East works wild fast, so he's in and out the booth. I'm, the nigga does the shit in like twenty minutes, thirty minutes. I'm like crazy. Nigga's on a different level right now. You are. We in Kyrie Chanel time, so he's yeah, it's off, he's off the energy off of hate yeah. me now. Like he's hype. It's the come up. Yeah. yeah. So we do that right, and like I said, it was a sample. Then we had to clear it. So then I was like, yo, you know what? Let me just replay all these joints. Yeah. Recreated that shit from scratch, gave it a new energy, whole new feel, and that's where it is now. Wow. You know what I mean? And um Was there any hesitation when you um replayed it, like when you played it back for East or whatever? Was it ever like, oh, this doesn't feel like the original record, or did it like uh, surpass the yo, original? I- I'm not gonna even hold you. you not on, it. not on no cocky yeah, shit. Body I body yeah. that shit. <laughs> yeah, I don't even yeah. know how I dissected that shit. Like sometimes, even when I'm recreating joints for whether it's for other people, whether it's samples or it's my own shit, and uh, I just have a way of being able to dissect every instrument in my mind and being able to play it. And I won't, I won't complete it, or I won't. Let's just say I won't complete it. Unless it's absolutely there, yeah, you know what I mean. Like yeah. it has to be to a T, yeah. And if it's if it isn't to a T, it has to be a whole nother feel that makes me feel that much inspired to want to move forward with it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but that one was done to a T, bodied, body bag, body bag. Put That's, him in a body bag. Yeah, that, uh, okay. that that means that it was meant to be. He did it that <laughs> quick. You know what I'm saying? You were able to replay it because. I know how fucking sample troubles are, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Trying to get shit cleared. So the fact that you had that talent where you could just go in and listen to these instruments, dissect them, yeah. you know, and then fucking mix the record to the point where it sound it created Don Pablo. I feel like Don Pablo was a movement. Like, mm-hmm. it was shirts that had Don Pablo on them, you know what I'm saying? That's mm-hmm. definitely a fan favorite. So, um, all right, man, you know, I just want to say thank you once again for coming through. Anytime, thank anytime. You, for, you know, coming back to the room, you know, um, you're always welcome here. You already know that. It's still family you, here at Studio 91. Still SOI love. So, um, yeah, one time for German. Thank you once again, brother. Appreciate you, my yeah, brother. Thank you. No doubt.